When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Joel Palant, fun episode of the Anthony on Air podcast today. Cuddles will be our special guest host. We're going to be talking about Tiger King. We just finished the entire series. May have changed my mind on what I think about it. We'll fill you all in. We'll do a non-spoiler section, and then we'll follow that up with some spoilers. So if you haven't watched Tiger King, you can still get some content in there. And uh, if you just want to keep watching the whole thing anyway, you want to skip watching the show altogether, we'll fill you in on some of the things that happened during the show. So at least you can follow along with the memes that are most likely popping up on your social media feed. So Tiger King with Cuddles in segment two of the podcast. Segment one is going to be a special chat with uh, Sean, who started a Facebook group during quarantine called Eight O'Clock Shot. It has grown to 27,000 members. Just since quarantine began, it's a short period of time. In fact, it grew 2,000 members since last night. So we're going to talk with him about what he's doing and what makes the group so special and why you are probably going to want to join as well. If you're listening to the podcast on all the podcast networks, thanks so much for doing so. Know that we have video portions to go along with it on Facebook and YouTube. Find us on Facebook, Anthony On Air Podcast. Make sure you guys follow and like our videos. If you prefer YouTube, we're there, Anthony on Air. Just search and find us. Hit the uh, bell to get notifications and like our page so that you know when we go live and put up a fresh episode. Let's start with a little bit of a question that you could throw in the comments here on the video portion of the site. And that is, did you watch Tiger King? What did you think about it? And would you uh, consider watching it if you haven't already? based on how many people are talking about it. So Tiger King question here. Did you watch it? What did you think if you did? And if you haven't watched it, you know, based on everybody just talking about it like crazy and it trending, it's number one trending on face on uh, Netflix right now. Are you going to watch it? Are you going to jump in on the hype? Has peer pressure gotten to you? Or are you going to check it out because everybody's talking about it? Let me know in the comments below right now. All right, let's go to our first segment and talk with uh, Sean, the founder of the 8 O'Clock Shot Facebook group. Yeah. I just want to say I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, when you're over at EHM, and um, I think I've uh, seen you a few times at some functions over at uh, Barbecue and Patchogue, so. Oh, very good. Yeah, was I nice to you? What's that? Was I nice to you? Uh, I believe so. If I met you, it was very brief, so yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking some time for this. Um, for everybody who's listening on the podcast or watching on Facebook or YouTube, um, Sean is one of the founders of the Facebook group, Eight O'Clock Shot. And I was invited to join, I believe, by Ethan, who is a rock star. Who's, Ethan's been around since the beginning of time for me. Uh, did a lot of stuff with me back in the day. And, um, just an overall great dude. And he kind of brought me in and I looked at the group and I saw a, a bunch of people from Patchogue that I knew, you know, a lot of the guys from miles to Dayton had some videos on there. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, I'm in, I'm joining this group. And even from last night, I looked at your numbers from last night, it was 25,000 people were a part of the group. 
Today, it's 27,000 people. So you guys are growing at a ridiculous rate. But let's start at the beginning. Tell me when 8 o'clock shot started. Okay, so it really was uh, was born on St. Patrick's Day. Um, I was hanging out with a small group of friends. Uh, we were having a small, obviously, social distancing uh, get-together because, you know, obviously all the bars had been closed about, I believe, two days before that. And, um, at some point I think my friend yelled out, you know, I think we should do an eight o'clock shot. And I said, well, it's, it's eight Oh three now. So then he yells, well, I think we should do an eight Oh eight shot, which was really funny. And then, uh, of course, you know, we did our shots and this and that. And I figured, I figured the next day, uh, we could correct the fact that we missed eight o'clock. And then I, I was posting it on Facebook and, uh, I just thought the way it, it kind of rolled off the tongue. So then it, every day I would get likes. And then uh, the following Monday, I just made it into a group. And, uh, you know, I made Ethan and um, another friend of mine, Jimmy, uh, admins. And they're a little more uh, social media savvy than I am. And then it really kind of uh, took off from there. That's unbelievable. So, uh, you know, on top of... Uh, doing the show here on the radio and doing a podcast. I also do marketing on the side for people. It's my little side hustle. And I want to just tell you how incredibly difficult it is to start a Facebook group and organically grow it to 27,000 people in just less than two weeks. Um, less than, it's actually, it was, it was a week today. I made it a group. That I mean, that so in a week, dude, it doesn't, it's, it's blowing my mind too, brother. It really is. It doesn't happen. Like it, it's non-existent. It doesn't happen. It's incredible. So, so you're telling me I'm a, I'm a unicorn, huh? <laughs> you are, you are a unicorn marketing genius, my friend. <laughs> you say you're not social savvy, but I think you are. And I don't think you know it. Um, give people the background on eight o'clock. So I, I know you said how it came about, but what's the philosophy? What's the thing that's been getting everybody in? Are you guys legitimately doing shots every night at eight o'clock? Well, me and my friends are, uh, have been, you know, keeping up to the spirit of the whole thing. Um, I think I'm going to have to take a break tonight. It's, it's kind of getting to me. And, uh, actually it's really, it's really not about the consumption or, or doing the shot. It's got nothing to do with doing an actual shot of, uh, whatever your favorite spirit is, or you can be a beer, you can just show us a coffee. And originally I just said, you know, show up every day at eight and give us a thumbs up. So, uh, everyone knows that you're okay. And here's these other people. We're all in the same boat. Um, just trying to make the best of a, of a really bad situation. So really it's more of like a show up at this time, post a photo of yourself doing whatever, having a shot, having coffee, having dinner, giving a thumbs up, whatever it is, contribute during this time. And we can all get together and comment and just be in this group together at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to, uh, cause you know, I can't expect everyone to, uh, to be a, uh, a degenerate every day at eight o'clock. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you can't, you, you, but you could try, but you, one can try. Which... You could try. You could try. I mean, now we got all of April now. I mean, this is going to be rough. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I know we do. And, uh, certainly the news is going to get a little rougher. So, 
Feels like we might need eight o'clock shot uh, more than ever. Now, I was invited by Ethan. How are people, how are you still like just open arms accepting people or how can one person get involved in the eight o'clock shot group? Well, I've, I've had some people ask me if they can make it, pri- if I can make it private, which uh, I totally understand because, you know, when this thing is over, we're all going to have to go back into work into our regular jobs. And, you know, there's always people out there that, that can judge other people about what, you know, what they've done or this and that. And, but, uh, as of right now, it's going it's, it's kept, I've kept it public and I've done that since the beginning. And then anyone on there can invite any one of their friends. I believe there's a 10 person limit per person, but, um, at this number right now, exponentially, it's really in- increasing. I mean, it's crazy. And, What's nice about it, too, is, and and this should be pointed out, um, it seems like it's a free-for-all, anything goes, except politics, which I think is, by the way, that's also the rule for for my shows, no politics, because that's just divisive for people. This is kind of like a little safe haven where people can get a little goofy and a little funky and not have to worry too much about it. Exactly. And, uh... I have a couple of admins, two of them, uh, my friend, uh, Andrew from the army and, uh, my dear friend, uh, Kelly. And they're, they're my two, uh, they're my vultures. <laughs> I got anybody puts up politics. It's out of there. Yeah. Well, it's just good. And it, and it's nice. You know, we need an escape right now. We need a place to kind of just chill out and talk to people and keep the humor going. And you don't really get that on your normal feed because at any moment somebody can post something and it's like, it's depressing. You know, you don't want to be bothered with that. You know, well, I made that point. I made that point last night. I'd have put up a post. Um, I'd rather be on my, on my group thing right now, than my regular feed, because I know I'm not going to see anything political. Yeah, it's true. And, and you know, right now, Anthony, it's, it's a bad time for it too. I mean, anyone who has their opinion left or right about what's going on or how, who, who's handling this well, amongst our leaders it's really it's not it's not helpful anyway so yeah because they're gonna lead and we have to follow they're already there nothing's gonna change in the, in the next you know month or so so you gotta you gotta hope for the best exactly. for them so you might as well just be exactly. in and having a good time i love it uh the memes are great too i was just looking at one that somebody posted which is what is your isolation cocktail name and it goes by first initial <laughs> good and, one. and birthday month. And mine would be Droopy Pool Cleaner. So that's nice. <laughs> well, I don't even, do you have a pool? I do not. <laughs> well, you're going to have to get, yeah, you're going to have to get a pool sometime in the future then. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Some of these are good. Saggy nipple. Uh, let's see. My wife would be the screaming G banger. <laughs> Um, hilarious it's good stuff man is there and now so do you you have any hopes for this thing or are you just kind of having fun going along with the flow well obviously uh i'd like to keep it up and running from here on out i'm you know we're gonna get out from under this thing and hopefully the next i would say month and a half um i'd like everyone that's on there to, to to stay and um we'll just take it from there we'll see you know 
That's awesome, man. Hell, I need I need a I need a job, so maybe uh I can run this thing for a living. <laughs> hey, well, if you need help on on figuring out that, I could probably help you with that part of it. That's for sure. Um, I just love Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate I, it. I just see some of the, the conversation, like where's everybody from, and there's 196 people chiming in, just talking. You know. Um, well, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to make every day uh, some kind of cheers to the people out there that that have that have to go to work still. You know, the 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 actual essential people. Because you know they don't have the luxury sometimes of uh, of an eight o'clock anything, so I try to say you know a little shout out to to those people, and then uh, you know I'm trying to you know I'm gonna have a, a show your pet day. I know some people have already started that. I'm just trying to keep it a little fresh each day just to keep everyone engaged. I love it. you said you weren't social at the beginning of this conversation, but you've got it down pat, my friend. You you got something going on here. People are I'm looking at another. Well, you know, go ahead. I'm 53 years old and I've been paying attention for for most of those years. So <laughs> <laughs> people are looking for cocktail suggestions and people are asking what other people are just having that night. You know, it's it's become a thing. You know, I've been saying I've been preaching this, you know, on my shows, on my podcast, too, which is this. This is a terrible time. It's going to be rough on a lot of people, but it doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world. You can use it to relax a little bit more, spend more time with family, well, connect with family, do all those things, you know? Right, right. I saw it. I think, I believe I saw a doctor on the TV the other day and he said, uh, the real, the real numbers of, of that, that, of that affecting people is going to be depression more so than even the virus. Right. Cause you know, you're, you're isolated. You're, uh, you're worried about your future. You may or may not have a job to go back to. So I'm just trying to keep something that, you know, everyone will have one thing to look forward to each day and keep it a little lighthearted and, you know, not everything doom and gloom because that doesn't help anything. It really doesn't. I love it, man. I've been a part of the group for just a few hours and I'm already enjoying it immensely. So thank you for starting it and keeping it rolling. Now, let me ask you a question. Can we kick Ethan out? Because I'd love to do that right away. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on him. <laughs> you know, it's funny because... It was only it was only like maybe forty eight hours old, and then I you get a message from him. He was he was almost begging me to be an admin. I'm like, all right, you know, just let me know what you're doing, so run it past me. And then uh, then he went ghost on me. I'm like, well, I made him an admin, and I haven't heard from him in a week. But now he's uh, he's hitting the pavement. Now, was there like a day where it like was there one day where it grew out of control, or has it been a steady growth the whole time? Uh, well, like I said, when I put those two guys uh, on the admin, and um, they kind of op- it was a it was a settings thing, really. They opened up a couple of settings that were uh, that were uh, keeping it from really, you know, taking off, which I didn't know about on Facebook or whatever. I'm working this all from a phone, so it's a little little difficult. So yeah, like probably right around those two days when it went from I'm going to say maybe to two thousand the. Uh, to 10 grand in, in maybe three days. That was the real surge. Yeah. It's crazy to see, man. All right. Well, listen, Sean, we got to have you back on to uh, continue to track the progress and, you know, suggest some cocktails for us in the future. How's that sound? Awesome, Anthony. And thank you. All right. There's Sean, the, uh, the founder of the eight o'clock shot group. How crazy is that little group? I like what they're doing over there. You know, we need fun. That's that's 
that's why we kicked off the podcast again. That's why, you know, I was probably going to take another week or so to get it back. And I was like, we got to do it now. You know, we can't really wait because uh, we need distractions. We need fun. We need conversation. We need that contact still. So um, that's awesome what he's doing. We'll put links and everything on all our social channels. Um, every time we put out an episode, we're putting a blog post up at anthonyonair.com. So I'll put the link in there as well. So you guys can check that out and uh, join the group. Eight o'clock shot group uh, over there on Facebook. Really, really cool stuff. All right. Anthony on air podcast. Special guest host with us today, as you can see, is Cuddles. Hello, Cuddles. Hello. You look great. You were worried about how you look. This is quarantine. Look, everybody looks the same. You know, all the celebrities are yeah. going no makeup for quarantine uh, time. So. Well, I go no makeup every day. So. <laughs> also, the kids are no there. With, but so the setup is I'm up in the studio upstairs. Cuddles is downstairs with the kids. So you will be able to hear the kids throughout this segment of the podcast. So just keep that yeah. in mind. Yes. Um, we're here to talk about Tiger King. So I think we're going to do non-spoilers first, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty oh, of the that's show. That's hard. Well, we'll just do just a little so people can get a feel for it. And then when we start talking about specifics, we'll let everybody know so they can skip that portion okay. of the podcast. Um, okay. when on the last episode, I was talking to Frankie C and we were talking about Tiger King and I said that this was a train wreck type of thing and I didn't really enjoy it. And I didn't really think that people needed to see it. Now, we were, what, three episodes in at that point or four? Um, we the broke first after one, I think four. We did four. Yeah. Okay. So we watched yeah. the first four, and that's kind of how I felt. We watched the last three last night after the last podcast. So I will say that after watching the complete thing, I've changed my mind a little bit. I feel like it's worth people watching, but I still feel like, and this is a hard critique for me to say, I still feel like <laughs> our son is yapping up a storm. Is he counting? <laughs> no, he's saying our address. <laughs> Get your Kindle. All right. Might have to bleep that part out. Um, that's so funny. You he learned him, he, he learned his phone number and his address in the last couple of days. So he's just randomly like practicing it. All right, buddy. All right, you can tell him this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's doing it funny, so you can't understand. Right. Him. I don't know what. Okay. No, I'm edit this part. <laughs> so after watching the final three episodes, I'm backing off of my first claim and saying that it is definitely worthy of watching. It is really, it, it is, it's good. It's still watching a car crash on the side of the road though. It's oh, still, yeah. it's still carny like it's still Jerry Springer on steroids. So there is an element of sadness when you're looking at like these people and how they live their lives and how they all wound up. But yeah, I will say in a time that we need distractions, it is endlessly entertaining. Oh yeah. And the memes that are just being created and, and everything are just well, fabulous. That's the thing that we were talking about on the, the last podcast episode was that things get certain, certain things get so huge 
that you you have no choice but to take part in them or else you are going to miss out on cultural interaction for the next like for the next three months we're going to be seeing tiger king memes oh yeah 100 percent. we're already seeing a ton of me <laughs> hi cc okay hey hey now I know how Fallon feels doing his show from home. <laughs> yes, sweetheart. He said, yes, sweetheart. All right. So overall cuddles, would you strongly suggest that people watch this? It's, it's entertaining enough. To daddy? 100%. Yeah. It's pretty good. Everyone has to watch it. At, like, ha- has to watch it. Can we <laughs> No, I can't make Daddy louder, monkey. <laughs> um, can you make Daddy louder? No, I can't, Mama. I'm sorry. Can you make Daddy louder? I gotta hear him. You gotta hear him, but... <laughs> <laughs> Why don't two-year-olds respect Tiger King uh, reviews? That's what I want to know. What's their problem? All right, so um, that was the non-spoiler part. We'll get into some spoilers now, and I actually have some breaking news for you, Cuddles. I don't know if you know yet. What? Um, Tiger King, it was just revealed. Vanity Fair had the scoop. Tiger King. Now, what did I say after the show last night when it ended? What was one of the first things I said about Joe Exotic and his music? That he, he didn't sing his stuff. That's not really his. Vanity voice. Fair confirmed today that he did not indeed sing on his albums. It was somebody else who sang for him. Who? Who? I don't know, but they have the, uh, they have the article. It's up on uh, VanityFair.com right now. Tiger King, Joe Exotic's Wild Homemade Music Videos. Uh, we found the men who really sang the songs like I Saw a Tiger and Hear Kitty Kitty, <laughs> which are some of, the, uh, some of the titles. But after some light internet research, Vanity Fair concluded that the mystery musicians responsible for Joe's tracks are Vince Johnson and vocalist Danny Clinton, both of whom are listed in Tiger King's credits. But Joe guarded this secret fiercely. Producer Rick Kirkman told Vanity Fair of Joe's musical ruse. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, one time, Joe got a little drunk and high, and we actually coaxed him into singing part of one of the songs. He couldn't even hold a tune. It was so ludicrous. It was a big joke within the crew and staff that it wasn't him singing in the videos, but he was damned insistent that anyone and everyone, including us and my studio crew, knew that it was him. So, yeah, as we suspected, because he sings like live in one of the scenes and it sounds awful and terrible and not like what it sounds like in the music videos, which are just horrific. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I want to reference something, but I feel it's it's a spoiler. Well, we're in the spoiler section, so you can talk about it. Okay, now. so like what, at Travis's like funeral, memoriam, whatever. Remember yeah. he had like sang and stuff? Yeah. So, and it, he just doesn't sound like he sounds in his music. He sounds like a Kenny Chesney. 
yeah kind of a right and yeah and you know what was weird that was by the way w- that was the moment that i was like it's so sad to say this but that was the moment where i was like oh this is really good when when he when the poor guy what's his name travis mm-hmm. when he kills himself because we both we're both sitting there we're watching this show we were we both our jaws dropped and i don't know if he noticed this but neither of us moved for like a minute and a half as it was happening because you don't see him kill himself mm-hmm. but you do see yeah. one of the other guys reactions to him killing himself the and campaign it, manager right it was the campaign manager and seeing the campaign's manager reaction and him talking over it the him voicing it over in an interview later it was so surreal and it was so crazy to see and it wasn't like oh great this is good now but it was like oh my god like this whole i felt like the first three or four episodes was just like this catty back and forth between joe and what was the woman's name carol carol and it lost me, you know, like episode four really lost me. The first episode was good. Two and three were okay. Episode four drags on a bit and they just kind of drag it out. And it was, it had gotten, the, the fighting between them got so bad. And like, when you're watching this, you don't really like Joe Exotic and you don't really like Carol and they both have flaws and they both like have issues and you both disagree with some of their things that they're both saying and they're just fighting with each other. I got so fatigued from that and so tired. I was, it's like watching your parents fight. It's like, you don't care. You just want it to be over. You know, you just, you, they're both wrong. They're both right. You just want it to be over. So I kind of hit this fatigue in episode four and it got a little depressing and the whole sideshow aspect of it. But episodes five, six, and seven bring in this whole like reality and you're kind of like, wow, like some of these things are unfortunate. Some of these things are bad. And it just, to me, it made it like kind of must see TV watching. I don't know. That's how I felt about it. I kind of feel like the first episodes before Travis's death were just like, oh, this cannot be real. This is like, this is not real. This can't be happening. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's like, you think it's like reality TV. That's like not real. It's like Jerry Springer. It's like how you used to watch Jerry Springer. And, and then, Travis dies and you're like oh like it it's an, an emotion and you feel like oh my god this this is like like he killed himself like they're like oh it's an you don't know if it's like this some are saying it was an accident and some are saying that it was he was just so depressed and and all these things and he killed himself but it's like like it, you were not expecting to have an emotion a sadness through the show because the first four you were like oh my god this can't be real like these people cannot be acting like this this cannot be happening in this country yeah it's like so like out there yeah and And that's the one thing that got me so mad in that show In, in all the episodes the one thing that got me really like really mad was like travis's mother like she she out of like everyone i'm like she's at the top of the list what do you mean? How so? I, she just got me so mad because she was just willing to let him go, like, do all the things that lo- as long as he was happy. Yeah. Like he was happy. Like, you were happy your kid was a meth head? Like, what, what's going on here? Well, that, and that's... What, what, and that, she worked there. She was there. And the weird thing is, like, again, the vibe, like, just to reiterate and back up what you were saying, the vibe of the first few episodes are so 
cartoonish and like yeah you know springerish and you can't believe it and it's all fun and games and you've seen some of the memes online and so you're like oh this is whatever you know and then in episode five everything gets real and now you're like holy cow like yeah look at all i mean this it got real when was it saf lost her arm like you know it kind of got real but this like that was a real that really like hit you. Yeah, that was a real moment when she loses her arms, but then it becomes comical when he's Joe Exotic is in the office and he goes, "I'll never recover from this financially." And then it becomes comical again. And then the fact yeah, that she, she went like, back to work like yeah. 3 days later or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of nuts. Um so the the show ends and here's like the weird part because you you watch and you're like, "Well, Carol Baskin is pretty flawed." But obviously Joe Exotic is flawed. And then they start introducing you to all these other characters like Joe Lawler and uh, the long haired guy who was on the jet ski. I forget what his name is. Oh, God. You start to see all these other characters come in and, and nobody is right. And then you and I were talking about this when we had lunch before, which was the fact that, like, you know, they put Joe Exotic in jail and he gets convicted for trying to a kill Carol Baskin. And what we were talking about at lunch before was kind of interesting. I thought, which is kind of like, yes, he did these things that were incorrect, but at the same time, all these other people that all did bad things and all took part in the bad thing that Joe exotic got sent to jail for all just kind of sold out first and put it all on him. And how right is that? Like, does, does he deserve to be in jail? Well, yeah, probably because he did those things. But the fact that all those other guys got to walk free is kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the story that just came out today, again, this is two big stories today for Tiger King. First, <laughs> first the singing, we find out that uh, Joe Exotic's really Millie Vanilli. And second, um, Joe Exotic just filed a $94 million civil rights lawsuit from prison against the U.S. government. So this just came. <laughs> so this literally just came in today. Um, the series uh, talking about the series here. Here's the article that we're looking at. Uh, Netflix series is a key player filed in the $94 million federal civil rights lawsuit from prison against multiple government agencies and his former business partners three days prior to the docuseries dropping. According to court documents, Malinato Passage, who's Joe Exotic, is representing himself and wants $78.8 million for 18 years of research, loss of personal property, and the care for 200 generic tigers. The former zookeeper also wants $15 million for false arrest, false imprisonment, discrimination, malicious prosecution, selective enforcement, and death of his mother, Shirley Shrebovogel. In the lawsuit, Malinato Passage alleges that Baskin used confidential informant James Garriston, former business partner Jeffrey Lowe, and a federal wildlife agent to entrap him in two bogus murder-for-hire schemes. Lowe, who currently owns the Greater Windwood Exotic Animal Park and appeared in the docuseries, is also accused by Maldonado Passage by setting of setting uh, the former gubernatorial candidate to steal his zoo. So that was another plot point that Lowe came in to just steal his zoo. 
Joe Exotic runs for president and then runs for governor, actually finishes third in the governor's race, which was kind of amazing. He had like 20 percent of the vote, which uh, just goes to show you the disarray of politics in Oklahoma right now that Joe Exotic was able to scoop up 20 percent of the vote. Um, yeah, but you, weren't there only like three people running? Uh, yeah, well, I think there was more oh. than that at first. But yeah, there was basically, it was a three-person race and he finished third. But he still got a good chunk of that vote. Okay. Which was crazy. What do you think about this? Do you think, I, I think, I think he kind of has a case. And I think we're going to be hearing about this case for the next like couple of years as this plays yes. out. Yes, because I do think that... One, I was going to ask who the lawyer is that took over this case, but obviously he's doing this all on his own. Right. Um, two, I do think that the guy James, the one with the little page boy haircut, mm-hmm. and is it Jeff Lowe? Yeah. I do think that they will like in on everything with him and then sold him out. And then I think that they like set him up. Like the guy, he gave that the money to the guy that was working there. What's his name? John. The, I don't remember what his name, the ball yeah, guy. And he took the money. Yeah. It's so a, it, in the like show, in the show, if you skipped it, if you didn't watch it and you you don't care that we're doing all the spoilers here, this guy, Jeffrey Lowe basically pays one of his employees that he brought into work at Joe exotics farm to go and kill this woman, Carol Baskin in Tampa. The guy takes the money and then he disappears and they don't know where he goes, right? And then where he, he said he never made it? No, he like chickened out. He went to South Carolina. He went to like strip clubs and stuff, went back yeah. on drugs. Like, but, you know, but when he's even saying that, do you even believe him? Because it's entirely possible that if he didn't stop off and get drunk one night, he probably would have went to Tampa to kill this woman. Who knows? Yeah, no. And I, I think that's so wrong. I, he, he took the money. Even if he didn't, like, in his mind, he didn't intend to, he took the money, which means that, that you remember how they said if no money was exchanged, right? that they couldn't do anything? Money was exchanged for it. So why is now... Well, yeah, I mean, that was the weird part, remember? Because they were trying to set him up to pay an agent, an undercover agent, yeah. and he didn't go along with it. And then they went back and was like, oh, wait a second, he had already tried to give money to this employee... And, yeah. and then it was like, it was really kind of sketchy how it all came together. So then they had yeah. this plot to, to, to pay to kill this woman. And then they added on top of that all these animal charges to just to kind of get him convicted for a long period of time. So I definitely can see this point of like where they they stretched and reached as much as they could. And again, they're relying on the testimony and the, the uh, stories of these liars that were involved and there to begin with, you know, and con artists. Yeah. Like, let's be realistic about like who they are. I mean, the one thing that you can take solace in is the fact that they said that there's an even bigger ongoing investigation on Jeffrey Lowe. And that's probably why he, was able to go free, you know what I mean? And yeah. and not go in there because they're already working on something much bigger for him, which I could totally see happening. There is nothing about that guy that doesn't look like he's going to wind up in prison eventually. Yeah, no, especially with that wardrobe. <laughs> Definite. I'm sorry. Those, those, I don't know how old the man is, but he's, he's not in a boy band. He's not a, te- like he just, <laughs> He was like, wearing this is what jeans. I look at. 
Right. And they had like ribs and like, yeah, like grow up, dude. What's the store that sells those jeans? Like not American Eagle, but like, what's like that poshy Armani exchange or or Abercrombie? Yeah. Like any one of those mall stores. You remember French connection? Yeah. Like all the, like he just looks like. I, I just the jeans bothered oh you. The thing that bothered me more was the so bandana and the hat. That that that, oh. that I'm wearing a bandana and then a hat above the bandana. Look, a baseball cap on top of the bandana. That's I I don't get it. That's not a good look for anybody. No, how like okay, can can we can we talk about Joe Exotics? I mean, he had like multiple husbands, but the first one Without the teeth? With without the teeth. He bought you guns. He bought you everything. He couldn't buy you teeth or a t-shirt or a shirt to wear. Yeah, well, they lost the teeth with all the drugs they were doing. I Okay. Which is I, kind I, of the crazy part about all of this is, like, he lost this case against Carol Baskin, which he owed her, what, a million dollars? A million dollars. Yeah. He couldn't pay her. He started taking on all these partners and owing money. The 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 zoo, the operation costs for the zoo and they stopped doing as well because he was paying attention more to himself, you know, than anything else. Um was weird. And then and then on top of that they start doing drugs. Like it does it just so They were always that's why they loved him and that's why they were straight men who didn't care because they just wanted like they're drugs and I can't comprehend that. I can't, I can't get with that. Yeah. It was, it was so bizarre. And the thing, I'll tell you what the thing that stuck with me the most out of all of this was, and these documentary series, they always have, they always have something at the end, like that, like kind of gives you like an update since they last filmed. The thing that I feel like I will never forget out of all of this crazy stuff that we watched was the facts that they put up on the screen at the end, which was there are 10,000 tigers and cats and, you know, in captivity in the United States of America. Five to 10,000. And there's only 4,000 that are, there's only 4,000 tigers that exist in the wilderness free Mm -hmm. like there's more tigers in captivity now than there are and tigers are going extinct these cats are going extinct well that's the the problem is is that once they are in captivity you cannot put them back into the wild because they won't survive yeah and so you ruin them didn't you also find it strange the amount of people that wanted to pet these cats like I I get it. Like, who doesn't want to pet an animal? I totally understand that, you know. But painting, petting a tiger is a little bizarre. But the amount of people and what they were willing to do. Like, Joe's two husbands were not gay. But both wound up marrying him because, A, they had no other options or nowhere to go in life. And, B, he let them pet the cats. Like, letting them pet the cats was the constant between Joe's husbands, Joe's employees who all worked there and only made $100 a week and lived in rat-infested quarters, like, they were all just like, well, at least we get to play and pet with the cats. Like, I couldn't believe how important that was to these people, that they were living the way they were living under these conditions, under this guy who was crazy, 
just so they yeah. can play and pet with the cats. Yeah. It's kind of like they become, and I hate to compare it to this, but they become like a service. Like, you know how we have like the service dogs? Yeah. Like it becomes like that to them. Like it's the calming effect that gets them through everything. Yeah, a calming effect for an animal that will maul you to death. Like it will take off. I took off that girl's arm. It will, yeah. it will kill you. I, I, I don't. And what really was upsetting is that they breed them. And it said it in the movie. They breed them. But then after a certain time, when they're not cubs anymore, they're not really useful to them anymore because you can't. People can't pet them and can't do things with them when they get to a certain age. Yeah. And well, that's the sad part. It's like, what do you do with them after? Like, And they wound up killing them, which was the, that's, that's the whole problem with all this. So Frank oh. said it yesterday that they, that him and Aaron didn't want to watch it because of the cruelty of the animals and the cruelty of the animals realistically takes a back seat in this documentary because you find yourself getting so lost in the characters and their outlandish behavior but you don't really realize, though they do point it out, but they don't really like kind of throw it in your face. The cubs that when the, the babies, the baby tigers, they get they go for so much money because you can charge so much because people want to pet the cubs most because they're the safest and they're the cutest. And then they grow older and then the older they get, there's a certain timeline in their lives where after they pass that time, like you were just saying, they become unsafe around all people. Yeah, it's like six months. It's it's insane. Was it that so, short? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think, I I think don't you're think right. It's very long because they get they get big very fast, and I think it's such a small span of time. And then once they get past that six months, they're huge. They're big. They're eating a lot. They're expensive. Do you think they want to have all of these animals that it costs so much to feed? And them not be making a profit off of them. And that's the sad part is because they're breeding them so that they can make profits off of them. Yeah. That, and that, and that, was, that was really sad. And they found a whole bunch of bones, remember, at the end that they had just... Oh, yeah. You know, like and, five of them. And he admitted to euthanizing those tigers, but he was like, they were sick. And what was I supposed to do? And it was really, it was really strange. And the recap... I, go ahead. Go ahead. So... The one thing that I, I noticed, so he said that he carried a gun around for like safety because it carried like all these things. But at one point, one of the lions attacked him, you yeah. know, because someone put cologne on his foot and he used his gun not to shoot at it, but to shoot. Yeah, so he did. Did you really have your gun on you for like safety in case Carol or some of the other people? No, you had it because you probably knew you can you might need it. Because one of the large tigers, lions, whatever you have that's grown could attack you and you needed to use that. Yeah. And he proved it. So he proved himself that but he was lying. He did shoot. He did shoot. He was trying to shoot that tiger when he was when he really got pulled. He just missed. He missed the he, first yeah, time. He knew. The second time, the second time was like a warning shot. But that first time he was shooting to save his own life. And they fought. They were following him. They were like following him towards that door with, to get out. Okay. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Yay! She did pee pee. <laughs> Yay. All right. Do you want to do you want to leave it there at the at the celebration of Cece doing pee pees? Well, did, yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on on Tiger King? Any other final thoughts? I thought it was great. I would love to. I want to see what happens to 
Doc, the polygamy who's got seven wives, yeah, friends, whatever you want. I want to know because it said that they raided him. I would love to get like now see them now what's happening right now with them what's happening with jeff like they should just go back and see it i would definitely love well the, love the people that. who made the fire festival documentary are the ones who also produced this one and like it, th this feels like i i brought it up yesterday with frank i said it's like honey boo boo or uh you know john and kate plus eight like i feel like we are going to be stuck with joe exotic for the rest of our lives it might not be during a regular reality show, but I'm sure they're going to be updates and there's yeah. just going to be news stories. Like I'm sure yeah. Netflix is going to okay another documentary, you know, in a year or two or three, whatever, however long this plays out. Or if the Doc yeah. Antle thing picks up, they'll be there for that. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be a because part of our culture now. No one really knew. Like I had never heard about him. I didn't know about him. If you didn't live near him or watch that, the news that like covered him and all that, you didn't know who he was. Now people in New York know who he was. Massachusetts, everywhere knows who he is. Yeah. And now he's it's just going to continue. Yay. Yay. Yay for potty training. <laughs> potty training. Um, yeah, the um, it's weird because okay. they showed it in the documentary. <laughs> they showed in the documentary that he was spotlight they they had him featured on john oliver and i remember watching that episode but i had forgotten about him just as quick as i saw him because yeah. who you know it was it was who cares but you're right now it's gonna be you know yeah he, that's that's it he everyone knows everyone watches netflix yeah we you know religiously we watch it we have no choice but that's the thing like i wonder if this would have been as big if we weren't all quarantined right now and just starved and hungry for content i don't I know it, i think we all would have watched it but it would have taken longer yeah um people like you know we don't have a lot to do so that's why everyone went like the first couple of weeks but it could have taken a couple months for people to see it but it was like wildfire because between us having all the time and looking for stuff and everybody being on social and the memes starting to take off, like I feel like they are fabulous. Yeah, Whoever I feel like comes up with these geniuses. <laughs> I feel like we even saw it two or three weeks behind a, a lot of people, but it's still like we're still on this wave of this like thing. Like it's yeah, people are still going to be tuning in. It's still it's number one on Netflix. I think it's going to be number one for a couple of weeks at least. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, Cuddles. It was nice having you as a co-host for today. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to go pick up some blocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you Maybe have fun with that. Maybe try to get them taken up. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. There goes Cuddles, everybody. Mom of the year right there. Just balancing it all together. Co-hosting, dealing with me and my garbage, and raising our two kids potty trained uh, baby CC in the last couple of weeks and uh, she's also doing the homeschooling thing too there's just not much that I've got to give her an award or something I got to do something nice for her when this is all said and done uh, for now we're doing nice social distancing things for one another you know dinners in the house and everything but um gonna do something nice for cuddles when this all wraps up uh thanks so much for uh watching this episode entirely uh, appreciate you guys being here it's so nice to be doing the podcast again and um you know don't forget to rate and review on apple podcast if you're watched there 
If you follow us on Facebook or YouTube, remember to like and subscribe on YouTube, follow and like the videos on Facebook. And if you can share it on your Twitter or your Facebook, it is so, so appreciated. Everything that we do lives on anthonyonair.com and we'll see you next time. Have a great one.